when you said that, I was like, is one cow lonely? That's what that's what came to my head. And that was what you said. You could restore it all. Rescue me from You have my fallen You Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, aka Mr. Backup. And I think that Brisson is here. I can't see him with all the smoke, though. Are you here? <laughs> I am here between lightning and the forest fires going around. Um, it's been did. interesting for 2020. We also have a new guest for us. Uh, she has been in tech for many years, been in and around the, the Federation, which is a term I just uh, recently learned uh, for many years. She is now the founder of Digital Sunshine Solutions. You, you can find her on LinkedIn and at digitalsunshinesolutions.com. Welcome to the podcast, Gina Rosenthal. Hey, y'all. Thanks for having me. Hi, That's Gina. Houston. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you sound so Southern when you say that. <laughs> that accent. Well, I am kind of Southern, so. You are kind of. <laughs> the part of Florida I'm from is the deepest south, south we can go. It is Southy South, right? Because you're right. from the Panhandle. Right? I am from Dirty South. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I grew up in Orlando, which is not the South. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's funny that the more South you go in Florida, the more North you get from. A, That's absolutely you know, correct. <laughs> uh, and people that people that don't understand Florida don't understand what I just said. But, you know, I don't you, understand what you just said either. So. It is funny that in Florida, if you live in central Florida, the more north you get, the more south you get. It, it is an interesting place. And then Texas. I know for me, like when I got here, I was so happy to because I lived in outside Boston for 10 years. I was so happy not to have my, hide my accent anymore. I was so <laughs> happy to be able to buy fried chicken and grits instead of having to make them for myself. <laughs> I was just so happy to be someplace southern. The small things in life. Yes. <laughs> I live in a spot where I have to ship grits in. <laughs> yeah. I can get, you know, the five minute grits. I can get the quick grits. But if I want <laughs> actual, yeah, I know. Trust me. <laughs> uh, if I want actual grits that take, you know, a half hour to cook, I have to order that from Amazon. You, there, there, is, is there are no stores that sell that. I'm a huge fan of Texas barbecue and a huge fan specifically uh, in Austin of Franklin. I'm actually a, a Franklinite. I do I do Texas style barbecue here, and uh, I I basically like you know I, I'm a Franklin follower, and I'm sure that you being a local Austin, you, I'm sure you have somebody you like better than Franklin, and it doesn't yep. take you four hours to get a meal. And I, I wanted to plug an upcoming conference. There's uh, Manning Publications is putting on a women in tech conference uh, October 13th. It looks like they're doing it live on Twitch. And um, for those of you that, uh, I mean, the, the, the URL is long, so I'm not going to read it. But uh, if you go to the backupcentral.com, look at the this episode and you'll have the, the link in there. I will tweet it. I will. Um, yeah, that's coming up uh, October 13th. Our usual disclaimer, uh, Persona and I do both work for Druva, but this is not a Druva podcast. The opinions that you hear are all Gina's. <laughs> And we have a new uh, a new thing we'd like you to do. If you if you like the podcast, go to ratethispodcast.com slash restore. If you don't like the podcast, then there's really no need to do it. <laughs> but if you also like this podcast, refer us to your yes. friends. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about how awesome these weirdos that talk about backup. 
stuff. Okay. All right. So Gina's like, oh my God, what did I just sign so, up? Yeah, for? well, Gina, Gina's I known know. me for a while, so she knows I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a basket case. But we were we were looking at your your blog there, Gina, and we saw that you were talking about the edge. And, you know, when, when we start talking about the edge, I, the only thing I ever end up talking about when I talk about anything is, well, how am I going to back that up? But we'll get to that in a minute. Why don't we talk about stuff that's concerning you about the edge? And what is the edge also? I think that's probably <laughs> the only concern, quote unquote, that I have, right? So I don't have any concerns about it. I think that um, what the edge is kind of it right now it's wrapped up in a marketing mystery package, right? We hear a lot about digital transformation and all these things are going to happen in the near future and everything's going to work with AI and which is, you know, underpinned with machine learning and deep learning, just all these, these things. Um, I think the edge, if I would define it would be at literally that at the edge of where your compute is. So if you have, there's, Edge might be a place um, in store in retail stores. Edge may be out in um, uh, a field where you're growing some corn and you have some cows. Edge might be um, on uh, IoT for the farm. Like, far- oh my gosh, yes, it's freaking yeah. amazing. It's really cool. Tell how much time I've spent on farms in the last forty years. Well, so why it's cool in farms is actually a good use case. And VMware has a huge use case for this. If you've been to VMworld in the last two years, um, they've uh, they've had this story of these cows. And one of my old uh, managers hated this, hated this campaign. But it's a very interesting story because um, if, if you're able to attach a device to the cows, like you, they all have the their numbers on like, um, attached to them and their ears or wherever yeah. they attach that. Right. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can also put devices that can pick up, um, health things from the cow as well. So mm. you, you can, you can attend to them faster, take care of things, but, um, take care of things that may need to be, you know, fixed sooner so that you get more milk out of them, or, you know, you have a better product when it's time to go to market with this cows, you know, that kind of thing. But instead of having to have it's, and they have it for the crops as well. I mean, there's all sorts of things. So IOT device can be so many things. It can be a little tiny, um, you know, whatever it is, small enough to either send information or gather information. It could be somebody's cell phone. If you go back to the whole idea of, um, you know, a retail store, or it can be maybe even, it can be all sorts of things. It's in, in what, what is interesting about, you know, kind of interspersing the terms right between IOT and edge, it's all about where is the data that you need to make, make sense of, and how are you going to compute that data to derive information to help you make a business decision? That's mm. really what the idea behind the edge is. So if you think about, there's a couple of different ways to look at, okay, where does the data come from? The data can come from, like we were talking about, if it's on a cow's ear, your little device, it could be the cow's temperature. It's where are all the cows going? It's like, is that cow? Maybe one cow is off by itself and that's kind of weird. Are they having You know, It's really baby, funny. Was, right? When you said that, I was like, is one cow lonely? That's what, that's what came <laughs> to my head. And that was what you said. <laughs> But, you know, maybe the cow went off to have her baby. 
Maybe. And that would be something that the farmer would want to know about and have to go check on, right? So that so there's data that is being collected, maybe intentionally. And then that data, you know, the the raw data could be the temperature or the geolocation or all of that. I'm, I'm making stuff up about cows, y'all. Just my friends have cows, but I'm like totally making this up. So, you know, they, they, you, that's the raw data. Do I need to do anything with that data right away? If I do, and I want to, I'm gathering this data on the quote unquote edge, but do I want to do some compute on that data? Do I want to, what kind of sense making do I want to make? And then you think about, okay, fine. Maybe I also have some historical data that I need to know. Maybe I have the data for the, the, what the weather was like for the last two weeks this time of year last year or the historical data going back 50 years do i want to do something with that data and compute it with maybe the temperature of my field today and what that might mean so a better example of that is probably like um on the oil rigs the oil rigs and the the oil companies have spent tons and tons of money to digitize maps going back for hundreds of years so they know what's there. Then they have all of this data that happens as they're looking on the floor and they're of the ocean and they're trying to figure out, well, where should we go drill for oil? And they have all sorts of stuff going on. So they, they when they pull the new data, that needs to get back to someplace else. And then they're going to push that with the, the data that they've digitized that could be 200 years old. And then they can use um, ML and DL algorithms to make sense of that data and turn that into information to send back maybe to the ship or the oil rig and do something with it. So because I'm sure drilling trying to hit a spot is probably very expensive and you want to reduce Exactly. And what happens if there's a hurricane and what happens if we thought it was there, but now everything's moved over and that spot's not as good as it was 50 years ago. Right. I know you you lived in a panhandle. What happens in hurricane? (laughs) Stuff moves <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, but that you, so you've you've got this all of this information, um, and we've got all the this digitized information. We know about the data lakes. We know you guys are backup guys. You know how hard it is to back up these large, enormous amounts of mm-hmm. data, right? So, what happens now when we've got we've got that large, enormous amount of data? We want to do cool stuff with it. We want to derive information. We want to real time have that data available on the edge quote unquote to mix in maybe with brand new data that's being created and the data is not necessarily something that is physically being created it could be a log it could be data that's being shed as you're picking up signals you know it's, it's all sorts of ways to have data is any of that worth looking at is any of that worth combining with this old data i have it all depends on the business case and kind of what you're trying to figure out so the and uh, and especially like some of these edge locations have really, really poor internet mm-hmm. connectivity, right? If I think about like a windmill out on a hill somewhere mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Or a cow yeah, in the I, middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Or, the poor true. lonely cow about to have the babies. Um, so the, the, when I when I think about like the, the edge, when I think of there's edge computing and then there's IoT. So to me, the difference... Uh, I would think that a true IOT device has very little compute. Like it has just enough compute to collect the, collect the data and send that data to some other device that's going to do the compute. Yeah. I'm sure there, I'm sure they, you know, I'm sure there are exam or there, there are exceptions to that, but in general, 
that the the massive compute is being done somewhere else, probably in the cloud in most cases, but maybe at the edge, maybe there is an edge device that well, your IO, you know, your IoT devices are sending their data to. Right. And if you think about it, this is what's so cool about being storage people, right? So like the the advancements that have been made in technology and the hardware technology make it possible to be able to perform this compute on a very, very, very small scale. And so it depends on the amount of data and it depends on, um, it just depends on what you're trying to do. So you're right. So like the, the, the IOT devices could be really dumb devices that are just, this is their one goal in life. I'm a light bulb. So I'm <laughs> yeah, on a street lamp. So my goal in life is to be here and turn on and turn off to try to save money for the city and maybe turn colors on the 4th of July. Right. So that might be all it does. But in the meantime, could I also have a camera there? Could I also, you know, all sorts of things. Could I uh, help with crime statistics in some kind of way? And what would that look like? And when that happens, um, then, yeah, definitely you'll have some kind of edge devices and they don't have to have a a big footprint anymore at all. Um, I know when I was at VMware and we were working on vSphere, how small can you make vSphere? How, how small does that that have to be to create a virtual environment? And then you can also think about containers. Like we're not making applications like we used to make them. One of the reasons why is because we have this hardware that we're able to make incredibly small, but it's very powerful. If you look at just all sorts of the, uh, the, the different protocols for transport and the protocols for just even powering these devices they're, they're very small footprint so we don't yeah, it's pretty yeah it's pretty amazing things. what you can what you can fit at at the edge or iot or whatever you know persona and i are often talking about a raspberry pi yeah and he's, yeah. Al- he's always trying to be, he's always trying to get me to do something with a raspberry pi do more with the yeah, curtis i i my the, the last thing i did my i used my raspberry pi was i was trying to it, it was something very simple I had an unreliable internet connection. I was proving the unreliability <laughs> by by pinging, like literally constantly pinging or doing an S lookups like every minute, and then prove you know showing my ISP that it was going down like I don't know fifty times a day. My my connection was going down for a minute or more, um, and uh, the only way to prove that was to just you know ping constantly. And everything in my house is wireless. And so I needed something that was wired and I bought the Raspberry <laughs> Pi go. just specifically for that purpose. And it is amazing the amount of compute and power and that you get on that tiny little device, you know? Well, you think about like all of the different, I mean, the military for sure, but also I think kind of health and rescue and even like um, police operations, they can roll up with a truck and they have a comm station there. That didn't happen 10, 15 years ago. We didn't have the hardware or the software to do it on. Where I was kind of going with that, I think even the way we write applications is changing. That's how it's changing. And what, what will that look like even in the next three to five years? It'll go from looking at like trying to, you know, the way we architected things now where you you have a place and this is my data center and maybe I have a store or maybe I know that I'm going to be in a vehicle and, and figuring out kind of that, that three tier architecture again, 
I don't think that's what it's going to look like even in three or four to five years. It's going to be extremely distributed. People are going to figure out where they want to put their application, whether it's going to be on a cloud or is it going to be on a physical edge location? And they're going to think about those applications being able to derive data, drive information from all of the data we have access to. That's what's going to change. And that type of application has to be highly distributed. It has Mm -hmm. to be written in a way that it can be deployed everywhere, which is why containers and container managers like Kubernetes are so important. Um, And this is happening now. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that this is being done now. This is not science fiction. It's just not some marketing. We're going to have a digital transformation. It's literally going on right now. Do you think that like even today though, we have edge devices, smart home devices, et cetera, but it's not, it hasn't proliferated, right? It's still those specific manufacturers who are doing it. And like you said, at some point it will become more uh, general purpose that anyone and everyone is going to start thinking about, hey, I don't need to worry about running in my data center. It is really more about running where the data is created. Do you think that's kind of what is happening now? It's not that it doesn't exist today where people are thinking about how do I run at the edge? It's just not everyone. It's not a common practice. I don't think it's a common practice, but the reason I don't think it's a common practice is the applications that have to be written um, are not the applications we have now. So um, to be able to do it, you need to containerize your apps. You need to, and not only that, you have to think about if, you know, if I've got 200 years worth of historical data that I want to be able to mash up with this new data that's being created <laughs> on the fly. I need a powerful engine. I need, I need machine learning. I need an HPC architecture, which people just don't, don't get. Now we need these, we need to start understanding what the applicant, what the application structure is going to look like because that will drive what the infrastructure underneath of it looks like. And it's not going to be the same that we've had for the last 20 years. It's going to be different. Well, would you say, though, even in the last 20 years, going from probably mainframe to data centers to cloud, and now this is kind of the next wave? Uh, Yeah, I I think so. And I think even cloud was just kind of an extension of the data center, right? So I think cloud was quicker to adopt um, to some of these new technology, this new architecture and these new types of applications, because that's what they had to have um, to, to make things as distributed and fast. And that's really what the customer, their customers drove them to have. But I do, I think so. I think it was probably mainframe, this three tier and now this distributed and that we're getting back to, honestly. Let's let's talk about something near and dear to my heart. When we start talking about containers, and I, you know, I'm not a container basher. I I agree with everything you said about containers. The concern that I have uh, when when I'm always talking about backups and I'm talking about you know how I, I basically built a career a, around understanding and explaining and working through things that mess up backups. Right? right. You know, the 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 first one was tape. Tape w- was great. And then it got not so great, right? It got it got so fast that it was that it was that it wasn't good for backups. Then there was uh, VMware, right? And VMware basically not just VMware, but server virtualization broke backups. And then there was the cloud, and that broke backups. And now I'm I'm concerned. Do you see a common theme? Coming? Yeah, I'm concerned that when you look at containers and Kubernetes, that the it's breaking backups to a degree that 
is going to be, I think, a lot harder to fix than, say, VMware. Because when you look at VM, VMware and Hyper-V, those were or still are the, you know, the predominant um, hypervisors. And VMware does things one way and Hyper-V does things another way. But with Kubernetes and containers, how you do persistent storage is fuzzy. And so I, I'm worried that people that are using your apps that are using containers that we have yet another era of unprotected data that I have to go try to help people figure out and there won't be good solutions for it because it's so, it's because <laughs> the whole container thing is so open sourcey, right? I'm making a face at you now. Um, so. <laughs> well, I mean, but, I mean, go ahead, make a face, make a face. Tell me why I'm wrong. I'm okay. I That's don't okay think you're me. wrong. I, I think there's a different way to look at it. Right. And I think people don't talk through this enough and I don't think I have all the answers. So there's probably lots of holes in my understanding too. But if you look at how applications will be built, like, so why are they building containers? Containers are being built to deploy the applications to surface applications. That's all. And that's really all applications do, right? Applications, right? Data, read data in and out, right? It's on top of where the data is. The applications help do the in and out to perform the compute to create cake the data and turn it into information and show that to a human being with their eyeballs where they can say, being, yeah, okay, my light bulb went on. I know what this is. So kind of back up from there, you still have the data. So what is the data that's important? The data that might be important is this historical data. What data do I want to keep forever and ever? That's the data that's important. How do you back it up? How do you protect it? Kind of depends on, yeah, where it's stored, how that part of it's architected. And I think that is all the, the question marks and dependencies. I think yeah. bigger is, can we store all the data that IoT devices will throw off? And do we want to? And even more, you know, like if I'm going to be real controversial, which you know me to be, like what happens with a lot of this data if we aren't storing it and protecting it and making sure people know about it? What it happens if data can be um, create, data can be computed in such a way to make the information um, be dangerous to one group of people or another, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? But I, th I think it all goes back to backups are for data. Backups are not for application. It's not for information. It's ah, for the data. Now, see, now, you, now, you, now, you, <laughs> now you're talking <laughs> fighting words because, I, I because just... we're, we, we've been, we, we, some of us, and uh, I, you know, some of us are excited and I'm not necessarily, well, I am, I am in this camp, but I'm, but I'm terrified about the, the route to get there. Some of us are thinking that, that the container and Kubernetes world will be that we finally get to backup applications and not just, we've, we've always backed up servers. And at best, when we went to the virtualization, we backed right. up VMs, right? Um, and some apps we can back up in the cloud. You know, data is, is worthless without the application that, right the data was designed for, right? So, right. Um, you know, you, you think of a, a MySQL, you think of a, you know, something like that, something as simple as MySQL. Um, the, the thing is that historically, all of the ways that we do backup, they, they don't apply when we get to con uh, containers, right? Um, I don't think that's I true, Curtis. Well, yeah, yeah I think, for instance, if my application 
that's running in a Kubernetes cluster is using MySQL to store my data, mm-hmm. you could still leverage the same sort of techniques that you used for backing up the MySQL database, potentially. Potentially, but none of them, all of them right now assume that the agent that you would use to talk to MySQL is an agent and is running in the same VM as the MySQL database. No one knows how to back up a MySQL database. I mean, you can do it on the command line, sure, but no commercial apps say back up the MySQL database that's on that thing over there. No, no apps know how to do that. I, I was saying things specifically because uh, you know it could be VM, it could be a container, it could be a server. Okay. No, no backup apps know how to back up a database that's on another entity other than the one where the agent is running but normally. But back out of back uh, out of that though, right? Because really, mm-hmm. what you're looking at is I want to back up the data, the raw data. I want to back up the application, which may be a database that has tables and it has the metadata, mm-hmm. so I can get around it and put it back together again. Mm-hmm. You could go even further. Not only that, but I need to figure out how to back up the algorithms that are being at in the different states that they're trained in. I need to be able, there's all, what you have, this is no different than figuring out how to architect this. What is important to me to save? And what is important for me to be able to restore? That's really the questions. And just because we don't know yet doesn't mean we can't. Because if you. Containers, containers help the what? Containers do not help. And in fact, uh, frustrate or, or exacerbate or whatever the right word is there, the, the how. Okay, because the problem is state, right? The problem is consistency. Uh, All of the apps that you mentioned all have, like I can't just go at the data. This isn't a file system where I can just go back up the files that are being used by the container. Uh, I can in some cases, but if it's a database or some other database-y type thing, (laughs) Um, then I can't just go at the data. I have to talk to the app to, to get some sort of application consistency, right? So, so, and even I think though that there's still a level even above what we talk about when we say app, right? Because you're talking a database. But if you look at really the business application, that might be multiple containers, some using a file system, some using a database, some being stateless containers, right? And that's really what you should be protecting. Agreed. That is decomposed. And I think that's where Kubernetes and other orchestration platforms help. Because it gives you that view of, hey, this is really what my app that, is. That's a really good point, Persona. And and this is what Stephen Manley talks about when he says, because I I, I I made the mistake of confusing app and a, and a database. You're correct there. That's where Kubernetes helps. That's why I mean Kubernetes helps the what. It, it says this application consists of these things, right? right? My concern at this point is that there's... There's a lot of work that has to be done by the um, by the, the the backup world to know how to go out and get all of those things. I I just, I just see it as it's a lot more complicated than the VMware problem, right? But this is not different than the VMware problem. At the very base, it's not. It's not the same problem. It's a different problem, but the outcome that you want is the same thing. This is no different than if somebody just has a server and all the applications are once are on one or two servers. What do you want to be able to restore? And what is the the priority of that? How far back do you want to be able to restore? How important is this to you? 
if the application is just sending me a bunch, is just um, uh, recording a bunch of information from a stoplight, do I care? Maybe I don't. Maybe I only care about when someone has run the light and I have a picture of it, right? Or it, so it, it all depends on what is that business case. And I mean, I haven't done backups since I was at Spanning, but I know when I talk to people, then nobody went through this with their applications and, and did all the due diligence they were supposed to do of here's what I need restored when, here's my priorities and none of that. Nobody ever really paid attention. I think in this world, it's probably going to become more important because you have so much going on that you need to make sure that if something goes down and and all of that is missing, you have a way to restore it. I still disagree with the core statement that you made, which is that this isn't that different than the VMware problem. Because with VMware, they they came out, they, they had a lot of problem. And then they, they tried, they tried to fix it one way. And then they came out, eventually they came out with VADP. Show me the equivalent of VADP and Kubernetes, and I'll shut up, right? Show me an API that I can talk to, to do data protection of any, any app, any database, any file system, anything that's running inside Kubernetes and, 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 uh, uh, Docker and, and I'll shut up and I'll stop, I'll stop worrying. But there are things you could potentially look at depending on where the database is held. For instance, if it is on some sort of persistent volume that is mounted into the container, you could use CSI snapshots, which Kubernetes now supports. Right, which integrates with the local storage arrays and other vendors to provide snapshots. Yeah, but but so, it's all that like if 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 if. Anyway, sorry. I, I, but I, this is all Docker. I mean, this is all Kubernetes. So, are there other um, management platforms that are better that have more options? No one cares about anybody other than Kubernetes at this point. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, the world is the, the 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 war is over and Kubernetes has won. Uh, decided. Okay. I, mean, I, I, I know just like <laughs> just like Gina, just like there's uh there's still open BSD, right? But no one cares except for the 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 people that run it. I know, I know I just offended somebody, but you know, the the, the that war is over and Linux won. Sorry, right? Um, you know, OS two is also still running out there somewhere, but uh but it, the war is over and Windows won. In this case, as far as anybody has told me, because you look at a company like Druva, we don't have unlimited resources. We, we can't program to all of the management platforms, right? Uh, we're going we're gonna to program to the predominant one, right? And right now that is clearly Kubernetes. Unless you, have you seen different? Because that is all I'm seeing anybody I, talk about. Yeah, that's all I'm seeing too. I just don't necessarily know that. I guess it's the best, but like, does, don't you ever think about that in the back of your head? No, it's like, this no. the way? You're like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I never said it was the best. I only said it, it essentially won, won the war, right? It's um, the way. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I, I can think I can think of every category, every category of, of technology, the best doesn't always win, but there is usually clearly a winner, right? Um, it's like, like AWS is not necessarily the best, but it, it, it leaves at this point, it's clearly the winner. Yeah, for, for now. now. Yeah, for now. But, but it's interesting, though, looking at these kind of paths. Like, I almost consider these paths. Like, if you look at Kubernetes, or even if you right. looked at uh, Pivotal before, right, with Cloud Foundry, they all kind of tried, or OpenStack, right? They tried, mm -hmm. but they didn't quite get there. 
Kubernetes seems to have more than just a I tried. It seems to have some support. So hopefully this they time have, is different, but only time. What, what do they call it? <laughs> escape, uh, escape velocity. Is that the phrase? That's such a California term. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? We, we, hey, that's a Florida term. We did rockets there too. You know? Did. <laughs> did y'all see the, the rocket that splashed down outside Pensacola? Uh, are the, we talking about the SpaceX one? Yeah, the SpaceX one. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, a couple yeah, of years yeah. ago. Did y'all see the guys in the fishing boats with the Trump? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I was like, that is so Pensacola right there. Yeah, yeah, That's where I'm they, from. <laughs> yeah, they, they, um, they said, like, the news was like, the, the, the SpaceX, the, the astronauts are glad to be back, but they said one thing better not happen next time. And that's what they were talking about. They were like, yeah, we can't, we can't have a bunch they of. They had like what they, okay. So they splashed down the first weekend in August, right South of the Florida, Alabama line. And one coast guard ship out there, get out of here. That was hilarious. It was hilarious. So I laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Florida man though, uh, it was a Florida man. 17-year-old Florida man that did the uh, Twitter hack. Oh, wow. A few weeks ago. Uh, they, you know, they've caught him and um, they're prosecuting. He has $3.5 million in his um, in Bitcoin. Goodness um, gracious. That's yeah. incredible there. That's like incredible. Yeah, I'm a big fan of SpaceX and, um, you know, many of the things that they do. Getting back to the topic. So like, I, the one thing I, I, we didn't touch on that, I, maybe this will bring us back to a point of agreement. Bring us back, yeah. Yeah, because I, I I think that that's the whole point is that we are moving into a new era of of compute and a new era of how applications are going to look and a new era of how, how we're going to think about and architect for those applications. That's the main thing. And we're able to use data that's de- centuries old, you know, combined with brand new stuff that's being created on the fly. And we're able to compute that right where it happens. It's pretty amazing. Um but I do think that people are going to have, we're going to need the people, the operations people that we have now. And we just need to make sure everybody hangs around and extends their skills. So just because this all looks brand new and shiny, yeah, that data is going to have to be there. We're going to have to be able to recover stuff. And we need to be thinking through what that actually looks like. So we're going to have these brand new ways to compute. That's awesome. How do we make sure it's all there? How do we make sure it's secure? How do we make sure all of the things that y'all worry about? So I think that's pretty important for people to pay attention to that now and not not thinking that this is five or 10. No, it's it is now. It's here. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you there. That I, and I think that this is we're, we live in such uncertain times right now for for a lot of people. And I, I do think that, you know, to to. To, to, to dovetail what I was saying earlier with what you're saying now, the people, the, the way that a lot of people are protecting the data, that the persistent data in containers is very old school at this point, very like shell scripts and, you know, things like that, that I wrote, you know, 20 years ago. Uh, so yeah, you need some of those those people with that operational knowledge uh, to be able because so many people at this point, at this point, the, the the people with say less than five or ten years of experience in IT, if they don't, if they can't just plug it in and you know do it, they don't know how to. They're they're like shell script. What are you what are you talking about script? I don't know how to do that, right? So yeah, you need some of those people that have been around a while to uh, help you through this transition phase. 
Yeah. And I think it's a, a huge amount of opportunity too, right. To see like, how do we take the old and make sure that we are taking those principles, but bringing them into the new and using, you know, and, and driving the new. So um, just as fast as the developers are going, I think operations people need to be thinking and going just as fast to, to keep up with them, to support them properly. Agreed. And by the way, uh, uh, just to round out. So uh, uh, you, you want to know how tech, tech Texan you are, how much of a Texan you are. You know what it is? You want me to tell you? Yeah. Tell me. Cause I'm Floridian. Your two, your two examples were cows and oil. That just makes me a Gulf Coast girl. That does not make me right. a Texan. So okay. let's get all that right. straight all right, right, right now. All right. all right. Okay. That's true. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Go. I, you know, I forget you're, you're a go, you're a panhandle person, which is That's different right. being central foot. Cause you had, yeah. Okay. All right. My friends outside Tallahassee have cows. So that's where my cow knowledge comes from. Tallahassee, Tallahassee. The um, so you, so in your, at your heart, you're still you're still a Florida girl. Oh yeah, that's home. Florida is home. Okay. Always right. will be. I think I've gone native at this point in California. Um, but um, I mean, I've been yes, here. You have Curtis. Yeah, thanks. I've been here thirty years, and although I, I you know, I grew up in Florida, it feels incre- increasingly uh, foreign to me. Although I'm not giving up the grits and my, so my Filipino wife, two half Filipino daughters and half Filipino granddaughter are all the only Filipinos in San Diego that eat grits. Thanks to me. I'm just, <laughs> Good so. job. just an editor's note. Uh, Prasanna asked me after the podcast, was I bad at math? Because he was trying to figure out how I have both half Filipino children and a half Filipino granddaughter. Well, guess what? Her father is half Filipino as well. So there, I'm not bad at math. Anyway, back to your broadcast. So, all right. Well, listen, Gina, uh, great conversation. Thanks for uh, for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was great. Sorry. Yeah, thanks, Gina. I, I, I know for a fact that Curtis and I probably learned more about The Edge than before, which is always a good thing because we're always tired about talking about backup and just chit-chatting with each other. So <laughs> I am never <laughs> tired about help. talking about backup. Never, 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 never. Uh, so again, uh, you can see uh, Gina at digitalsunshinesolutions.com and also on LinkedIn. And don't forget this upcoming Women in Tech Conference, October 13th, uh, live at Manning Conferences, Women in Tech. And thank you for listening. Thank you, Prasanna, for uh, choking through the smoke <laughs> joining us this week. <laughs> Anytime, Curtis, I'm still alive. And thanks to the listeners. Make sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it. Instead, it's all jacked up. See, I'll holler right on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space.
it'll be completely dark.